Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Getting back to what we're talking about, this Dying With Dignity bill, and we covered it a little bit last week, but I want to go back to it again because Solidarity People Before Profit, Gino Kenny, has brought a bill on assisted dying in Ireland back into the political agenda. And you might have heard a lot about it in the news and radio over the last couple of weeks. The Dying With Dignity bill, first introduced by the former TD, John Halligan, seeks to make provision for assistance in achieving a dignified death or passing. And the name of the bill is deliberate, as in contrast to euthanasia and assisted suicide or assisted dying would apply to terminally ill people only. And it is being supported by cervical cancer campaigner Vicky Phelan, Tom Curran, husband of Mary Fleming, and a number of politicians, including the Labour leader, Alan Kelly. Um, now, just to get to um, what people think of this, let me first of all, if I can, go to David Quinn, who's the director of the Iona Institute and columnist with the uh, Sunday Times and the Irish Catholic. And also I want to speak to Tom Curran, director of Exit International and partner of the late Mary Fleming, who joined us a couple of weeks ago in relation to this. Let me go to David first, just to be fair. David, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Uh, but David, by the way, just on a side note, you would remember those old days, I suppose, when the Catholic Church, because that would have been something you had a great interest in at the time, would have been going down to the Irish independent offices in Middle Abbey Street and saying, ah, we don't like this story. Yeah, before my time. But my dad, he was, um, he was a journalist as well, and uh, he remembers a, this is now maybe back in the 60s or 70s, a Christian butter coming in to the office and giving out about a story. Mm. Uh, so he remembers, but um, yeah. I'm afraid before my time. Yeah, yeah, but certainly, unfortunately, we're seeing that kind of thing happen again. But look, we'll get around to that maybe another time. Okay. But, but David, in relation to this, I mean, a lot of people are going to argue, you know, they've had loved ones who die in great pain. I know palliative care is wonderful and can do wonders for people and helps people to pass with a level of dignity and certainly without, you know, without any pain. But sometimes there are people who just want their passing to be quicker and they want assistance in doing that. And of course, the Mary Fleming case is a classic example of how that happened or why that can happen. Do you not believe people have the right to make that decision at that point in their life? Well, I mean, like, first of all, this uh, bill, uh, which is obviously the one that's before the doll, goes much, much, much further than that. Now, I mean, I object to assisted suicide or assisted dying or call it what you will in principle, but this bill makes no reference anywhere to unbearable pain and suffering. Uh, it doesn't say you have to be near the end of your life, like the bill in Victoria and Australia, by the way, which, which is now law says you have to be within either six months or 12 months of death, depending on your condition. There's no such limit here whatsoever. Uh, it simply says a person um, has to be registered by a doctor as having an incurable, I'm reading it here, an incurable and progressive illness that cannot be reversed by treatment, and the person is likely to die as a result. Now, what does likely to die mean? Does that mean 51%? So, there's, so you read the bill, it's short, it's only about 12 pages, you can do a control F for words like unbearable and pain. You're not going to find it. You're not going to find anything about time limits at all. So a person could be diagnosed with a terminal illness instead of years of life ahead of them and under this bill could go to a willing doctor and, and, and uh, within 14 days be given a lethal medication that's going to kill them. So we need to be clear on this bill. This bill is not very limited at all. It is actually incredibly far-reaching. 
Okay, well, let me just go, if I can, in relation to that point, and that's an interesting point. And Tom Curran, who's the director of Exit International and also the partner of the late Mary Fleming. Good afternoon to you, Tom, again. Nice to speak to you again. But, Tom, I mean, David makes a good point. You know, the bill or the idea that a lot of people might agree with a bill like this is, you know, that somebody is at the end of life. They have a very short time left to live. They may be in a lot of pain and it's dying with dignity. But as David said, if there's no time limit on this, I could be diagnosed with cancer tomorrow. A doctor might say you have six weeks to live. I could live for 10 years. Doctors get it wrong sometimes. And, you know, I'm given no hope and all of a sudden I'm sure I'm signing a piece of paper should, should take me now maybe that you know uh, uh, should we have time limits on it Tom uh, well to me no and, and the reason that we, 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 we you, you, you've answered the question yourself to a certain extent it's almost impossible for doctors to give time limits uh, for instance I mean Mary was, was is I suppose you mentioned her already when we went to court her neurologist was asked to give uh, some sort of life expectancy as, as it was put to him and he couldn't, because MS is one of the, these illnesses where you've no idea. He said it could be two weeks, two months, two years, or 20 years. But, but this is not about time limit. This is about choice. And as David said there, a person could, have, could be given a diagnosis of cancer and be given six months to live or something like that. Or no time. But are we doing what we did during the abortion campaign? Just, no, but just let me make a point. Just on what you, no, I want to make a point on what you've just said. But you, but you asked me a question. Let me answer the question. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, that on, on a basis of a time limit, David said that a person could have years to live. It's the quality of those years that's important. It's, the pers- it's the, whether that person wants to put up with pain, wants to put up with indignity and that sort of thing for those two years. That's what this choice is about. Okay, well, 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 let me ask you. Well, let me ask the question I wanted to ask you. Okay, so are we going down a route then that we did when we had the abortion referendum that were cherry picking certain? I have no doubt, by the way, that Mary was in a lot of pain. Absolutely no doubt. And I, you know, and and I certainly empathise with you. And I'm certainly not being disrespectful. But there are many people in Mary's situation. Uh, just like when we talked about the abortion bill, we talked about, you know, those who had uh, the, the cases of rape or those who were, for example, who would have somebody who wouldn't have, or a baby that wouldn't have a quality of life or would die after birth. And so we died about, talked about all of those things. But they people we were accused then of cherry picking those particular small amount of people or that particular small amount of people to bring in legislation to suit those rather than to suit the average, in other words. Do you understand the point they're making? That not everybody, the, the majority of people that would be signing up for this, if that's the, the words you want to use, wouldn't yes. be in the situation Mary's in. Uh, how do you know? Well, I, I'm assuming that the majority of people, this, and maybe David, you would have an opinion on that, the, the majority of people that would want to do this, David, would be people who would be literally at end of life. Well, I mean, at least, I mean, Tom, uh, you know, because Tom is an honest guy and, and, you know, has admitted that the bill, I mean, I debated Gino Kenny the other day, who's. Uh, introduced this to the doll there the other day, and uh, he thought the words unbearable pain were in this bill, and they're not, and they seem to think there's time limit as well, and they're not. So uh, at least Tom, you know, is clear on what's in the bill, and it's clear uh, and uh, is up front. But, 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 okay, but, ad- but address no what he said, limit. David. Address what he said in relation to Mary's case, you know, and, and I don't want to be seen to be cher- cherry-picking cases either, but it, we have to be fair, this was the mm. case that was before the courts mm. at the time that we're basing all this on, I suppose, or why we're having these debates today. I mean, somebody could be told, well, listen, your quality of life, unfortunately, is not going to be very good. You are in a lot of pain. This could last two weeks, two months, two, two years, 20 years. I mean, and they may not want to live anymore. They just don't want to live without a quality of life. Professor mm-hmm. Ronan Collins talked about this the other day when we talked about COVID, that elderly people were coming to him and saying they wanted to die because they prefer to have a quality of life than a quantity of life. You see, this is why the palliative care movement and the hospice movement are against assisted suicide, because... 
what it says, you know, a law like this, um, what it says to people who suffer from these conditions is that we understand that if you want to go to a doctor and receive a lethal drug, it tells them that we now see that suicide is an acceptable option for you. And the palliative care movement is extremely nervous about the signal that sends to, uh, to vulnerable people. You see, we think this is about choice. But actually, if you begin to create a new social norm that makes suicide under certain conditions acceptable and legal, and you can go to a doctor... Well, suicide and is no legal, with, with respect. Sorry? Suicide is legal, with no, respect. Well, well it's decriminalised. It's a different thing. It's decriminalised. There's no right to suicide in Ireland. You can't go into a chemist and get a lethal medication, or well, that's a, a, um, an oxymoron, a lethal drug that would allow you to kill yourself. Uh, successfully, you just can't do that. The reason they decriminalised suicide was to make it easier for people to go and get help and reduce the incidence of suicide in society. But here, we'd have a law that basically says, we understand if you've got a degenerative condition, if you want to kill yourself, and that's saying, this is why, again, the palliative care movement is against it. Um, it's why uh, they're extremely nervous about okay, the okay. of vulnerable people. And if I can just add, by the way, Tom is a member of Exit International, Let's go to their website and look up our philosophy. They talk nowhere about terminal illness. They think, and I'm quoting, every adult of sound mind has the right to implement plans for the ending of their life at a time of their choosing. No mention of illness, no mention of pain, no mention of unbearable, nothing. Okay, well, 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 let me, let me, let me come to that. Okay, let me, Tom, in relation to the idea that David is painting, and I understand what he's saying, and for, you know, for the first time on this show... I am genuinely caught and I'm torn on this particular issue. I've, I've had my own personal opinions about everything else. You know, obviously, a lot of them I won't state on the air. But genuinely on this issue, I'm torn because I see the arguments that if you allow, and I know this is, a, maybe it's a silly argument, you know, that the daughter's bringing Mammy to the, the GP because she's really unwell and she's very old and the daughter has a nice big inheritance that, you know, psychologically she can be encouraging the mother to say, actually, your life is not worth living anymore. And isn't this the argument that's put forward that we're devaluing people who are old, we're devaluing people who are sick with this kind of get-out clause that they can just go now if you want? Well, I, I would say the opposite. I'd say we're valuing them and we're valuing their opinion that we're allowing them to make a choice for themselves, not us as society deciding, oh, they should suffer on, they should want to live because we feel as a society that that's what they should do. But, mor- we're but morally, is, we're no, telling them what, it's what okay. We're, is we're, we're putting the choice back in their hands. Of course, morally, we're telling them it's okay. Because it is okay. It, it is okay that they should be able to make a decision for themselves. But in your philosophy, Tom, they don't even have to be sick. I mean, it's as plain as it's no, plain no, plain 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 that, that, That's a definite argument altogether. We're here to talk about the bill in Ireland. Yeah, but you want not to go about, further, about, and this would no. go further if you had your way. It already no. goes very far, but you'd go further, Tom. You don't even think a person has to be sick. Okay, well, 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 then clarify that, Tom. Do you? Well, well, let me ask you, Tom. Honestly, do you believe a person? No, no, Tom. It's fair if you answer that question because obviously David has made the point. I'm trying to. to, You'd let me. Okay, but do you think it's fair? But hold on a sec. Now, a person doesn't have to be sick. And while you say that there is no right to suicide in Ireland, there is a right. There's a legal right to suicide. Anybody can take their own life. You said that they can't go to. Not that we would encourage that, obviously. No, of course not. But you said that they can't go to a chemist. That's assisting but they have a perfectly legal right to take their own life in Ireland. 
And then we make it easier. Like, for them, like we, make, we make it easier for them to do so. You're confusing, decriminalising no, no, something, no, creating no, a right. No, no I, I think he's made a fair point in relation to that, David. That and you made the point that obviously you can't walk into a chemist and get something that you can take that would take your own life because obviously that chemist, like many other cases we've had in this country, would be assisting you in dying. Exactly. Yeah, but you see, and the they moment, would be they would be guilty of a crime then, by the way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at the moment, right? I mean, the whole of society is trying to discourage suicide, and of that's course. trying to create a form of suicide that's acceptable and which doctors will assist in. And again, I just make the point: Exit International, to which Tom belongs, doesn't even believe you have to be sick. You just have to be a sound mind. But yeah, but but hang on, it might not be what we're talking about here, Tom. But it is relevant. I mean, okay. So, do, do you do you live by that same view. policy? Do you? Would it's, you? Of course, I do. It's it's it, it's relevant to my personal views. But we're not here talking about my personal views. We're talking about giving choice to a lot of people, and that's a totally different discussion altogether. Exit International is an incredibly extreme organisation. Anybody uh, that, of that, sound that's mind, your, your opinion, yeah. has a right to go and get from a doctor a lethal concoction. Okay, okay, but but uh, okay. So, Tom, do you believe if indeed we bring in legislation with the Dying with Dignity Bill that the bill should include some level of maybe well maybe not a, a time limit, but that somebody should have to actually be sick? Yes. Okay, so so you do believe that? Okay, so you don't only for this bill. Because it's not Exit International's philosophy. Look, anybody oh, can look at... Okay, 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 yeah, but that's not the point. Are we here to discuss Exit International? We're, we're here to discuss this. I mean, David, we are here to discuss this bill. Yes, he is a member of Exit International. We're here to discuss this bill. That's what's important to us here in Ireland. Now, the point, I suppose, Tom, uh, David, that, that might make is that, you know, the, 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 the sky will fall in. And I don't mean the sky will literally fall in, but obviously uh, that if we allow this, similar to, say, the, uh, the abortion legislation, that the goalposts will start to move. Would you be campaigning at a later date for goalposts to move? Is, is that question directed at me? Yes, yes, Tom. No. That's what Exit International stands for, is to go further. Well, hold on a sec, we're not here to discuss that. Yeah, but you want to go further. I was asked a question about this bill. I was asked a question about this bill, and I said no. Uh, now, if, that answer is, if that answer is not good enough for you... Why ask me the question? Okay, well, like, David, let's move on from that because I think we, he's answered that question. I think we firmly know where he stands in relation to that. But, David, there is, there is an argument out there, and we had the same argument uh, during the abortion, although the, obviously there's a third party involved in abortion, the unborn child or the fetus, whatever people want to refer to it as. The, the argument here is that we are, I am a human being, and as a human being, I'm allowed to make choices. Um, I have liberties, I have freedom. If I want to take my own life tomorrow, and hopefully I don't, and hopefully other people don't even decide to do that, I can. There's nothing legally stopping me from doing that. But if I was incapacitated in some way, whereby I couldn't do that, or I was hospitalised or something, and I wanted someone to assist me to do that, or to make that, that transition easier for me, surely I should have that choice as a human being. Well, I mean, again, I mean, this bill goes further than that. I mean, you don't have I to... I know be... you keep saying that, but let me, let me know, answer the question yeah. I just asked you, David. Okay. Surely I should have um, that choice. I, um, I don't, because I don't think suicide should ever be authorised in that way, and I don't think any doctor should ever be involved in giving a lethal drug to anybody, because it just completely violates the fundamental purpose of medicine, which is to cure, and where it can't cure, to care. For that well, it's, I don't believe that's the fundamental end. purpose of medicine at all because the majority of medicines don't cure anything. All they do uh, is deal with symptoms and help help life yeah, or make life easier. But actually, giving doctors permission to give somebody a lethal drug, but they do it anyway. But they do it, David. They're doing it anyway. They're doing it anyway. They're doing it in hospitals all over the country as we speak. People are dying terminally ill, and they're getting morphine, more dose than they actually need to keep the pain. 
he died five years ago, aged 88, and in his last days, he was on morphine. And, of course, me and my three sisters were concerned that he died with dignity and in comfort and uh, in care. Um, uh, because, obviously, we didn't want to see our father in pain. And he had advanced dementia, and he had various other things wrong with him. Okay, so this was obviously, you know, extremely um, affecting and emotional to see this happening. He received morphine in his last days because his body couldn't absorb anything really anymore. It wasn't yeah, anymore. I've, I've seen people in that situation. Yes, and he couldn't absorb even even liquids properly anymore. So he was given morphine, and I've no doubt that, that took him away a little bit earlier than if he hadn't been on morphine. But the purpose of the morphine wasn't to kill him. It was to kill the pain. That's a completely different thing. When a person is given a lethal drug, the purpose is directly to kill that person. It is utterly and completely different. And the palliative care movement, which is all about caring for somebody in their end of days, would, uh, you know, would give morphine to people routinely, knowing it might end their lives a little bit soon, but they don't give it with the intention of killing them. They give it okay. with the okay. intention well, of killing well, them. Okay, okay, okay. Well, well, and we have to ask, why is the palliative care movement, which comes across suffering all the time, why are those doctors the very people who are most opposed to this measure? Okay, sorry, and I, I know we, we were trying to get somebody from Hope International on today, but unfortunately they weren't available. But Tom, in relation to what David is saying, obviously we do use morphine in this country, which some have suggested before is a form of euthanasia, although it is obviously to, re, to reduce the amount of pain that somebody's in, but does tend yeah. to kill them a little bit quicker or, or make their passing easier. Um, in relation to, to what David is saying, is he accepts that that's an acceptable form I suppose, a balance. In other words, you're, you're relieving somebody of pain in their last few days. But to go any further than that, all we're doing is basically encouraging suicide. Do you accept, no, well, do you accept I, that? And I'll I give you the final word on this. Sorry, go ahead. I, I, don't, I don't accept that at all. Uh, and in, in, as a relation to the, the application of morphine in hospitals and that sort of thing, of course it happens. And it's out of the goodness of the doctor. But, but the thing that, that, that is different about that is the decision is taken out of the hands of the patient. What we're saying is that the, that decision is something for the patient to make. If the patient wants to live on, wants to live on with whatever quality of life they have, they should be given every facility to do that. Uh, but if they don't, they should be given every facility to do that as well. The decision should be in the hands of the patient, not the doctor. Okay, listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate both of you coming on the air today. Thank you very much indeed, Tom Curran, and thank also you. thank you, David Quinn, as well, Director of the Ionian Institute and columnist with the uh, Sunday Times and Irish Catholic. Uh, all right, well, I'm sure it's something we'll be talking a lot more about over the next uh, probably six months or so while that bill goes through. Now, as far as I know, they don't need a referendum on this one. This can be decided by, this, by the government themselves. The bill can be passed. Okay, and just to mention as well that if any, uh, anybody is affected by the conversation that we've had today and you will need to talk to somebody, you can contact the Samarathans and the number is 116123. That's 116123. Now, what am I moving on to? Okay, um, what, yes, of course. I want to get your, before I get into the break, I want to get your opinions on that, by the way. All right, so I do want to get your opinions on that. I want to know what you think. Do you believe that people should be allowed to die with dignity? Now, you did hear what David said, that the bill, he said, the bill contains no time limit. Um, uh, in other words, if a doctor says, listen, we don't know how long you have to live, but as a terminal illness, you might get six months, you might get two years, you might get ten years. I know somebody who was given two weeks to live. Two weeks. This is going back many, many years ago. He had cancer. And he was given two weeks to live. He got radiotherapy, chemotherapy, and they were told, sorry, it's not working. You have about two or three weeks uh, to live. Enjoy the rest of your life kind of thing. 26 years later, the man died. So he went into remission by himself. 
just after they had done the chemotherapy. So the point I'm trying to make is doctors get it wrong. They do get it wrong sometimes. They're not geniuses. and They are good at what they do. And some of them are geniuses, I suppose. But in saying that, sometimes they get it wrong. Um, so should somebody have the right to make a decision to take their life based on what a doctor tells them or based on how they feel? Should somebody have that right? Do you believe they should have that right and to be assisted to have that right? Because, of course, you have that right anyway. Not that I would suggest you would like to do that. But should they be assisted in doing that by the medical profession? Let me know what you think. The number is 087 So there you go. Hypothetical situation. You're in hospital. You're feeling very unwell. Maybe you've cancer. Doctors told you maybe six months to live. We don't know. You're in hospital. Should you have the right to say to that doctor, actually, do me a favor. Can you give me those tablets, please? And I, I just want to go now. Do you believe the doctor should have the right to help you to do that? Let me know what you think. The number is 087 Emma, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Emma? Hi, Nal. How are you? Good, Emma. I mean, it's, I, I'll be honest with you. In all my years of radio, it is the one topic that I can't make a decision on. I just can't. I find myself really in the middle. There's parts of me agrees with Tom Curran and what he said. I know he went through it with Mary. And there's parts of me agree with David Quinn and the, the messages we're sending out by allowing it. There is a lot of grey areas, I feel, with it, like what you've just said, that some elderly people could be pushed into it. But I think if the right measures are put in place, that that would more or less eliminate all those problems. But I genuinely feel that each person has a right to decide for themselves. Mm-hmm. Because as I said in my message that I would much rather my children remember me as happy and laughing rather than lying in the bed slowly dying in pain. It's a horrible memory to leave somebody with. Now, I know they don't want you to go regardless. Well, at least I hope they don't want me to go well, this regardless. Is, well, you're thinking what your children might be thinking. And I've spoken to people on the air who, you know, had their mother or grandmother, you know, bedridden in their home for 10 years, sometimes in pain with bed sores or whatever it happened to be, but mm. getting care, palliative care as well. And many of them were happy to have those last few years with them. And many of those people were happy to be in that situation, even though they may be in a lot of pain. So I suppose it's different strokes for different folks. Well, it, it, it depends on each person, I suppose. But personally, I wouldn't like to leave that lasting memory. Mm. I'd much rather them look back and remember me as, you know, just being funny and having a laugh than slowly dying a painful death, which I, I mean... I know people say it and I know you can't compare it, but you wouldn't let your pet dog go through that. I know, and it's the analogy that's used all the time. We do allow dogs mm. to die with dignity, but mind you, they do have shorter lives and they're not human beings. Who don't true, have, they true. don't have the same rights but, as humans. But I think anybody who would see a relative suffering, and I mean badly suffering, would want them to be at peace. Mm-hmm. And personally, I would like to choose when I go and how I go, rather than, you know, being hooked up to machines and have no say in the matter. Anthony in Cork, by the way, makes a good point. I think the government couldn't pick a more distasteful time to even think about debating this bill. Well, The timing is not good on yeah, it at absolutely. all. Absolutely. But it is, unfortunately, it's in the news today, and Gino Kenny is pushing this bill forward. The bill is already drafted. Uh, it doesn't include time limits, according to David Quinn as well. So um, a lot of people thought initially it would include a time limit of, say, you know, you have six months to live or whatever. But even then, doctors can get that wrong anyway. Uh, stay there, Emma. I do understand the point you're making. John O'D, you're on Classic Kids. John, I understand the point Emma's making. She said she would rather her children remember for the, you know, happy, healthy person she was than somebody who died in pain. Well, I can understand that. I mean, nobody wants their loved ones to... Uh, you know, sons and daughters to be rolled a bit and somebody warning in pain, they can be in very distressful. I mean, nobody would like that legacy that's a given, right? But at the same time, 
the system that we have, which is the hospice system, like is excellent. We have one here in Cork, it's called Marymount, and it's a five-star facility. That's the best way I could describe it. I've been out there. I've been at the bedsides of people that died out there. I watched them take their last breath out there. And the care they get is absolutely unbelievable. The care their family gets, the psychological care, the physical care that they get by, by talking to the people, the family members, offering them tea or toast at three or four or five o'clock in the morning when they're at the bedside. Excellent five-star facility, right? Now, isn't it amazing that the very person that's bringing this bill, Gino Kenny, through the door, right, is belongs to people before profit. They seem to be obsessed with this, people before profit, right, and those people on the so-called left, right. His, his, his party promoted abortion. They showed no... When you no. say they promoted, they they backed it. Yes, of course they, they did. Remember, they encouraged they, their voters to vote. Yeah, okay. Well, it turned out the voters of the country voted for it, John, in the end. So people well, people well, d- well, believed yes, it was yes, necessary. Well, I had this uh, argument that she would remember Gardaí Shikana as well. They're lately, you know. Okay, well, now, I don't want to go back to the abortion debate, John. I know you do, but no, I don't. Well, I don't want to go back. You have to you have to link in the two because it was abused. And well, I, another thing, no, and I don't mean any disrespect to the woman whatsoever, Vicky Phelan, Emma Vic Mahuna, I mean, and all the other ladies there that were poisoned there and their lives destroyed. Like, I mean, I, mean uh, I have the greatest sympathy. It's a dark day in Irish society, what happened to them, right? Well, I don't want to, I don't want to see Vicky Phelan, no, uh, again, with the greatest respect to the woman, be held up as the poster girl. And she's not being held up. She's a campaigner for it herself. She's quite happy. She's quite happy to have her name used and back this because obviously she's in a very difficult situation herself. So she's quite happy to do that. She's not a poster girl. No, I don't want another city to help an because that woman, we all know the outcome of the medical. Uh, okay, okay. But I, I, again, you're, you're bringing up cases there, John. In relation to dying with dignity, there are a lot of people out there who completely disagree with you. And if they say if their mother or their father was lying in a bed in, you know, in, term, in pain with a terminal illness and there was two tablets on a bench across the way and a glass of water... And, you know, and the mother or father said to them, I don't want to live anymore. I can't deal with this pain. I'm going to be gone in six weeks anyway. Will you pass me those two tablets and a glass of water? There's a lot of people listening out there today who would say, absolutely, I do that because I love you. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah I because like, I love you. I'll answer that, right? For the so the, all you're do- I mean, there's, there's no law, with respect, John, again, and I say this very cautiously, there's no law against taking your own life. But no. the problem is, if somebody is in, you know, a lot of pain and they're bedridden and uh, like Mary Fleming, they're incapable of taking their own lives apart from maybe starving themselves to death. Um, they need assistance and medical assistance by a qualified person if they want to do that. Well, you see, look, anyone out there know, I mean, myself included, and I watch my mother and father doing, right? I have the option, of course, if they ask me, and if, I, if it was at home, right? of administering an overdose of even the... Like, yeah, but I wouldn't like to think you would be doing that because you're, you're not qualified to do that. No, no, but you could make mean, matters mean, worse, but well. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I mean, you, you, you can do that. But what if a person does decide to go down that road and help them... Well, if you did, well, if you did that at the moment, it'd be murder. Or if a doctor came into well, the well, house and did that, it'd be murder. Well, you, ha- you have the option, right? You have the option to take your own life. You have the option for somebody to help you, right? But you do, well, you don't have the option for someone to help you. But you, but you, do, you know, you, know you, you don't. Do. Legally, you don't at the moment. If somebody helps you to die at the moment, no matter how badly off you are, or how they do it, or how qualified they are, it's murder. That's the law. Allow me to finish the point. Yeah. What I mean by that is that you have the option. You can go along and you can help your loved one, right? But you must then throw yourself at the mercy of the law because you've done wrong. Of course, yeah. Yeah, you'll be in jail. 
No, I mean, I just caught something. We'll give you some empathy, but you will be in jail. But, but hang on for a second, because there's a lot of people texting in and, and in response to this. Emma, I do see the point that John is making and that many of those people who would object to this, that is a bit of a slippery slope when it comes to how liberal we become in Ireland. You know, what next? You know, I mean, will, will, will we remove any rules and regulations out of dying with dignity and just say that anybody can get assistance, that I can walk into a chemist as a healthy man tomorrow and say, can I have two of those tablets that kill me? I mean, where where would it all stop? And people are afraid of that, I suppose, Emma. Well, I think if people think logically, you're obviously never going to be able to walk into a chemist and say, I've had enough. There will be, I'm assuming, laws put in place and procedures put in place. But look how far we've moved in the last 40 years when it comes to legislation and, I suppose, morally the way we think. You know, uh, who would have thought, for example, in Ireland, and I'm saying in Ireland, you know, 20 years ago, that abortion would be legalised? You know, Ireland was the kind of last bastion of morality for a long time. So, I mean, nobody would have thought that, you know what I mean? Well, I think Ireland is finally catching up with the rest of the world um, in freedom of choice. Always. So catching up with the rest of the world is murdering 6,666. But well, that's your opinion, John. That's your opinion. Yeah. Well, um, I, okay, I think John, freedom John. of choice is the, is the key word here. But nobody should have the choice to kill another human oh, being. John, person. we're not talking about abortion. Please move the topic away from abortion. I know you're comparing the two and there is some level of comparison, well, but generally speaking, not. Yeah, this yeah, is a choice. This is a choice a person is making for themselves, well, not for an unborn yeah, child, yeah, not for a fetus. Yeah, okay, absolutely. so move away from it, John. Listen, John, John Halligan there, right? He was the man that first introduced this bill, right? That's right, he did, and yeah. There's a, a direct quotation from him in last Saturday's exam, right? He said, it just goes through this bit. He said, listen to this now, right? This would be a major advancement for the social fabric of the country. You but that's his opinion. Joking. Yeah. Well, that, that is an opinion, and Emma would agree with that, that she believes that it's a progressive step. Well, I mean, a major advancement... But, I mean, do you, do, you accept, do you accept, John, I mean, because you're old school, I'm not, you know, and I'm not insulting you by saying that, I know you know you're old school, as, as I would be. I'm a bit conservative too, a bit of a fuddy-duddy. But in saying that, do you accept that societies have to evolve and advance and progress? Well, if you're talking about society involving that, it means killing the old and killing the young, no. Okay, okay, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Numbers 087 188 I'd love to know, does that chap there, does he believe that if he had a son or a daughter, maybe 20 years of age, that was fit and healthy and just had a bad time doing an exam or something like that, that they got really down, that he would be happy that they could take their own life? I don't think he would. I think people that are very sick and people that are in a lot of pain for years, they should have a part of care and someone to assist them in maybe ending their life. Yeah, so I believe in that maybe. But I don't think he's talking on the same page that we all think of. Because there's no way I let my son or daughter die if they if they, if, if they weren't sick or if they weren't very ill, anything like that, you know? I know people get very passionate about this particular story. Oh, sorry, I meant to play another one for you there. How you know? I'm very uh, torn about this subject. Um, I lost my mother there in May of this year from cancer. She had it since 2018. And initially she wanted chemo, then she didn't want chemo, then she got chemo. And it seemed to be working. And then she decided that because it made her sick, she didn't want any more. So she didn't have any more. And then less than 24 hours before she died, in her, on her deathbed, I spoke to her and I said, I asked her, was she sorry that she didn't? get more chemo and she said she was so I don't know I it's a very hard topic to talk about 
It is, and my condolences here on the loss of your mother as well. I mean, she probably went through a very tough time and a very confusing time in her life at the end of her life. Mick, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Mick? Good, Mick. I mean, it's a difficult conversation. It's a difficult decision. And I, I'm, I'm really genuinely torn in relation to this. I mean, should we allow this facility whereby there could be medical intervention to help you die? Well, my father, that time, yeah, like, and he was the best thing uh, he like, your your phone is breaking up bad, Mick. Are you on a speaker or something like that? Or no, no, I'm not. Okay, not just just move, just move your head a little bit, or move the phone on your head or something. Go ahead, your your dad. What? Sorry, you said it again. He was a big strong man. Yeah, he was 25, 26 stone. Yeah, okay, big strong man. And by the time when he passed away, and uh, that that uh, he he had um, Alzheimer's and he every bloody thing going. He was six stone when he died. And we were minding him at home there and things like that. And often there, minding him through the night. If I had the strength to put the pillow over his head and and and, and call it up on him, I would have had. But I didn't have the strength to do it because Jesus was, you know, to like the the, the prisoners there at the time they had. Uh, when he was I know, I know, I, I know. There's a battle in your in yourself that you want him to live, but you don't want him to be in pain, and you you want yes. him to die quicker in some sense as well. But well, uh, but but I uh, see. Even if we had assisted suicide, the decision would never be yours anyway. But do you think, was your father, you know, um, I suppose towards the end of his life, um, was he conscious? Was he conscious? Was he conscious? Oh, he was conscious. He was conscious, but he never knew where he was or anything like that. But did he, did he never, ever tell you he was in pain? Did he ever Did he ever say, I'd like to die? Or did he ever say those well, things to you? I said, there was a big family of us there, right? And, and, um, you know, there was none of us ever got in trouble there. And didn't that we respected him? I, what I reckon later in life is we were in dread of him. You know, he just wanted him. But that he, he wasn't with it, Niall. He was just there like a sack of sports. They were still going. And, 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 um, you know, that, that, I know, that, it's, um, I know it's, it's hard to watch somebody you love completely change. Through, yeah. yeah, and go through yeah. that. And, and I, can, I can only imagine, thankfully, I've never gone through that. Both my parents died reasonably quickly. Uh, so I didn't have to go through that. I, my mother had a long-term illness, but thankfully it didn't affect her mind. Uh, and my father as well, he had a heart attack. So both of them went quite quickly. So I didn't have to go through that. So I can only imagine what it would be like as a child to watch your parent change to somebody who doesn't know you, doesn't recognize you, doesn't know themselves, doesn't know where they yeah, are. Yeah. And, and that can be very difficult. But in saying that, they still may be happy within themselves to be there. Do you no, know, am I saying that wrong? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was agitated. He was very agitated and all that. And as I was saying there, like, we wouldn't let him growing up. I never gave him back chat until he was sick that time, right? Okay. Yeah. And I shook him and said, well, sit down the chair. You know, he wanted to get up and, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning and, you know, you know, and that, and he could go away walking, then all that, like, which, which, was, which was very difficult. But later on, the time then he would just turn there, like, in. And he know. he would have been bed bound for uh, towards the end of his life, obviously, and it, and it would have been very difficult, mind you. Can I establish as well? The bill would never give anybody else the permission to make a decision for somebody else, and also anybody who was in a situation where they could make a decision themselves wouldn't be allowed to do that. I imagine under the bill as well. But listen, Mick, I'm very sorry to hear that about your dad, and thank you very much indeed for joining us in the air. And I get I get the the, the point that you're making. We've had a, an absolutely huge reaction to this topic, by the way. So many people have an opinion. I suppose it goes back to. Uh, the big topics that we had before was, I suppose, abortion and the marriage equality bill. And it all comes down to morals and what you believe in, I suppose, for a lot of people. And it is certainly one topic that I'm genuinely torn in relation to. And this is the Dying with Dignity bill. 
Uh, we listened to David Quinn and Tom Curran there before the break, obviously, who oppose each other's views. Um, and David Quinn from the Iona Institute believes that we're sending out a very bad message to people that suicide is okay because indeed the state will help you to do it if you're in that position or in a very difficult position um, of being terminally ill for example where Tom Curran believes that every human being has the right to make that decision for themselves and nobody but nobody should take that right away from you well nobody is taking that right away from you it's not illegal to do it in this country unfortunately but you can't get help uh, to do it that is the whole point or medical intervention to do it but let me know how you feel about it this won't go to a referendum from what I believe uh, because it can be decided by government uh, through this bill. But I want to know what you think. If you were in a situation where you had to vote on it, where we did have a referendum and you're in a polling station and you were asked to vote on the Dying With Dignity Bill, which gives doctors, nurses um, the right uh, to intervene and help you if you so choose to die if you have been diagnosed with a terminal illness. Now, there is no time limit on this, so the doctors may say you have five years to live, ten years to live, we don't know. And you decide, well, actually, no, I don't want to hang around. I don't want to be in pain. Can you give me a couple of tablets there? And the doctor goes, yep, there you go. I'll help you with those. I'll give you that injection. There you go. You're gone. See you, bye. That it would be as simple as that. Because, well, when I say as simple as that, there's obviously a little bit more complications to the legislation, but you get the general gist. Or do you believe that under no circumstances, the medical profession who take an oath uh, should be allowed to intervene to assist you to die? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-008. Malachi, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Malachi? Good afternoon, Mark. Uh, Maliki, you know, there is very opposing views in relation to this and the bill uh, brought before the law by Gino Kenny um, doesn't include a time limit, um, according to David Quinn from the Ion Institute. And for that reason, and not just that reason, but for many other reasons, he believes this is completely outrageous and we shouldn't be allowed to introduce this. Well, I totally agree with David, but um, I'm not convinced on the whether a constitutional amendment is necessary or not. Um, but shouldn't such a fundamental change in society be put to the people regardless of whether it needs um, a constitutional amendment? Shouldn't the people of the country be asked, you know, in a referendum, if they, propo- if they support this proposal, rather than have some trendy liberal leftists bring in the latest um, woke issue that they want? You know, I, I think it's ironic that in the same week that they bring this legislation in to kill off our old people, they it's not, it's not killing be, off your old people. No, nobody is suggesting for a minute, Maliki, that you can make a decision on behalf of somebody else. So, I mean, I mean that's just, you know, that's just... We know where it's happening. You're just throwing language country, out right? there. This is like the language you threw around with abortion. Let's, I'm, let's I'm, keep I'm, it to I'm, what it actually is. Okay. And we'll just look at the language I threw around in relation to abortion. You I call it murder, yes. The state said that it would be limited, it would be rare. And we know last year from the state's own figures that it was almost 7,000 babies that were killed. But isn't it ironic that in the same week that they bring this legislation in through the doll, that they also bring in legislation, or they propose legislation to ban killing hares. So it seems to me that animals in this country, hares and rabbits and foxes, are much more important than either the unborn child or people at the other end of the, the spectrum, people. We who, don't give the not. hair a choice. There's a, there's a bit, yeah, that's a stupid analogy, Malik. It's not the hair, a stupid analogy. The hair doesn't have the, the right to make a decision. So we, when it comes to animals, and people often use the analogy about bringing your dog to the vet to have it put down, the dog doesn't have that choice. The dog, we're making that choice on behalf of the dog because the dog is not a being that has that decision-making capacity. And we don't want to see them in pain. The difference with an adult is they can make their own choices. If I'm in pain in hospital in palliative care and I'm copus mentis, I can make that choice myself. Now, this will evolve into where you will have no choice. 
Uh, how do you figure that right. one out? Because that's the way these things evolve. And well, well, and no, no, you you're, no, you're, 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 no. What you're doing here now is you're bringing in something that's not even in the legislation. So uh, we're, well, walk, well, walk me through this. How do you believe for one minute this legislation will allow me to turn around and say, listen, you know, me Granny Mary there, I don't think she's too well. By the way, she's a few quid in the bank there. You wouldn't just pop her off there, would you? That's not what this legislation is okay, about, man. Well, 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 let's look at where we are in society. And I'll argue with you that, that that's not where it will end up, Right. What we have now, during this, the COVID thing, we sacrificed the old people. I think most people now accept that, that people were thrown into nursing homes, out of hospitals, or those who were already in nursing homes were told, you are not getting any medical treatment, you're going to die. Well, the, the, well, well hang on, in, in a lot of those cases, and I would agree with you in some sense, but a lot, and there was a lot of mistakes made in that report yesterday, of course we'll finalise all the mistakes, and I believe we're making mistakes again, because it does seem that the majority of those that have died in the month of September uh, happen to be in care homes. Right, right. But the point, now hold on for a second, the point is, in relation to the care homes, many of those people were not, when I say not treated, were not brought to hospital, who had COVID-19, who were very elderly with critical COVID comorbidities. The reason they weren't brought was because it would be unethical to try and treat them. Well, hold on. There was a, there's a difference in being unethical and not there, bothering. There, there's, we don't know that about each individual case now. What we do know... Oh, yes, that I know that. that, I know that. What we know from the start, and, you know, a mistake is not paying your phone bill on time. It's not a mistake when you deliberately set out a, a policy that, and the government clearly said this, that they were not going to treat the people in nursing homes, that they were going to get no treatment. On the basis of that, well, you'll die anyway this year. That, so but, but, yeah, but they, they didn't use that language. Well, of course they didn't. No more well, they, did, they did say clearly on a letter, I, I remember we spoke to Marcus de Bruyne, that uh, those people, those elderly people, weren't to be tested, that priority testing was to be given to other people. So, so, they were so, so well... I, you, you could argue that we neglected and we didn't prioritise the people who were actually vulnerable during COVID-19, but it's a separate argument in some sense, but I, I do understand the correlation you're making. But stay there for a second. Let me go to Ken. Hang on, let me go to Ken. Ken, you're on Classic Kids. Ken, you know, I, I understand the point Maliki's making and I agree with him in some sense. Are we devaluing those who are dying or terminally ill or elderly or vulnerable? Well, that's not what really what I'm reading about, Niall. And how are you doing, Maliki? I, I like listening to you as well. Um, my mother-in-law, she passed away from MS. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, no. But her, I watched her suffering for 14, 17 years. Mm-hmm. And um, she used to love sitting out in the garden. And eventually we had to build a deck on the house so she could get her wheelchair out. Yeah. There wasn't... Every night, she begged... She begged to go to living class. Yeah. But every morning she woke up and she wanted to live. Now the strangest thing about it is after about four or five more years into it she started to lose her mind with the medication and she'd be phoning police on people she'd be phoning police on her husband she'd be phoning police on me she'd be phoning police on my wife everything. and she was really losing it. And she was bedridden. And this woman didn't know who she was or where she was. She had no quality of life. But she wasn't in the position to make that decision. That could be so, very it could be a very difficult time, Ken. I, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. I'm sorry that your mother in law went through that. But there is no way in this bill or in any bill that I think we would ever make legislation that would allow you or your partner or or any of her siblings to make that decision on her behalf. That would be entirely up to a doctor then to treat her 
in as best way as possible. But they said at the end, they were saying, oh, you know, she's not in the position. She's too long on the medication to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Now, I w- I'm, on, I'm like you and I, I'm on the fence. I don't know where I stand by this. But if I, when I saw my wife having to go down and change her mother's nappies mm-hmm. in the middle of the night, would you want that for your kids? I wouldn't want that for me. I can't no. make I can't make that decision for everybody else, but I certainly wouldn't want that for me if I was in that. I wouldn't want to be dependent on other people in my life, but that's just my decision. No, I'm not saying that, you know, committing suicide is the right thing to do or anything like that. No, it's, no it certainly isn't. Her father now at the moment has dementia, and he doesn't know who he is or where he is again, just like the mother. But every morning he gets up, he walks out into the garden, and he's happy enough. Well, when is he happy? He doesn't know his daughter. He doesn't know his grandchildren. But it doesn't bother him. No, but that's what I'm saying. If it, it's Different people are different in the way they react towards end of life. But but getting back to, to the actual bill itself, and again, I'm sorry, and I, I know you're quite emotional, Ken, in the way you're talking about it. You obviously had a very good relationship with your mother-in-law. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm delighted to hear that. And again, I, my condolences to you. But do you believe that somebody should have the right to have a medical professional assist them to die if they're in of sound mind to make that decision? Well, you see, there's the problem. Because like should, you, should you be able to, if, if a doctor said to you, Ken, and I hope it doesn't ha- happen, but if a doctor, say you had a bit of a pain in your stomach and you went to the doctor tomorrow and they realised you had stage four cancer and they said, Jesus, right. Ken, really, it's really bad news. You're sorry. And you didn't feel too bad, but, but you knew that the doctor said, listen, you've got six months to live, Ken. Um, what do you want to do? Do you believe you right. should have the right to say to that doctor, give me two of them tablets there, I want to go? I believe I'd have the right to do it, but I also believe that I have the right to live the next six months to the best that I can. Okay, so do you, you do believe, the should the doctor be allowed legally to assist you to do that? I think they should, but I don't think they can. Well, no, they can't at the moment, obviously. No. It's, it's illegal. But you see, you see Niall, that's where you're wrong, because I watched the, the, the doctor put morphine into oh, my Oh, I know, I know, I know. People do that, and, and everybody has a story about a doctor increasing the morphine to a point where it is going to kill somebody because it slowly, you know, knocks out their organs, so to speak. But in saying that, the reason for that is to make sure no, somebody's in no pain. But the doctor said to me, he, he walked out and he gave me a load of these, um, I don't know what you call them, specifics, and I just turned around in front of my mother and I said, because I didn't want to say to my dad, and I said, is my dad going to see you tomorrow? And he says, well, what? He just said to you, and he looked at me like a tick. And this is in the matter of private. He says, your father's not going to see the next hour. Call people now. And Ma- says, well, well, yeah, I know I get what you're saying. And Malik, I wanted to ask you about that. We technically do it anyway, Malik. Um, medical, <laughs> medical professionals do administer high doses of morphine that are deadly, I suppose, yeah, to a point of being deadly. There's a difference between a, a strategy which deliberately sets out to kill somebody and administering pain relief, which will ultimately kill somebody. You know, because the pain becomes so excruciating that the level of morphine that's needed to, to give them any relief at all overwhelms the body. I mean, that's different to saying, I'm going to put this person down. And, you know, why are we not saying... You see, all of this, and if we, if we look again at what some reports that came out the other day from some doctor, where I can't remember which doctor, where he was saying that an awful lot of people now, are, old people, are saying that they've, they've no quality of life. And, you know, wrote on Collins, he's a yeah. geriatrician and, in Tallah Hospital. Yeah, and they yeah. want to, to, yeah. to end their lives now. That's, just, and it, all of this talk, we're actually saying to old people, the people who remember your mother and father 
looked after you when you were small, when you couldn't do anything for yourself, and they wiped your arse and, you know, reared you. And we're saying to those people now, and this is the message society is sending to old people, is when you become old and when you become of no use to society and when you become a burden, we want the right to end your life. No, it's not saying that. It's, it's not, because we, we no, because there's nowhere in the legislation says we will have the right to do that. No, we, will have, we will have the right to help you if you want to do that. The message you send is much wider than the legislation. Okay, well, stay there for a second. Let me go to Christopher, too. Christopher, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Christopher? Well, I think on this subject, you have to be very careful what you say and the way you say it. Because I don't think any of us, over 50 especially, haven't been touched or freaked out by the death of someone you love, you know. But I have to ask you, Niall, what's different about this particular subject as opposed to 666,000 abortions or divorce, no fault, or any other political subject? Can you tell me what's different about this? Well, well, it depends on your moral view of life, doesn't it? I mean, I, the same people would object to this. Who? Well, let me finish, answer your question. The same people, I'm assuming, would object to this, that objected to divorce, that objected to abortion, that object, objected to marriage equality, people who would be more conservative in their views. There are people who believe as a society, a modern society, we need to progress on and we need to move on and evolve okay. differently. Actually, I take your point, but the point I'm making is this, I'll... As regards abortion, as regards divorce and all those other subjects, there's a difference in this subject. Every human being born a woman today, yesterday and tomorrow has to face death. So this is a matter, not for a jump up and down like a hers knickers debate the doll. In the you try and watch your language there, Chris. It's the middle of the day. Go on. Okay, sorry. Uh, but this is the single subject that so should be subject to a, a constitutional referendum that everybody that has to face death in this country gets a say on it. And to try and sneak this in, in the middle of this pandemic, in this atmosphere, when we've been looking across Europe at the deaths in, in nursing homes, the abandonment of the old, and we've 39 nursing homes in this country in serious trouble. And if you look at what happened in Holland and Belgium when they went down this road, if you're 16 years of age in Holland, you can decide to take your own life and the medical people or the police don't have to inform your parents. And this is the way this goes. The abortion thing started on fatal fetal abnormalities, which I would have voted for. But what did we get? Down syndrome, people being uh, aborted, etc. That's the way this. So you, so okay. So the point you believe is that if we allow something like this, the legislation will move the goalposts and things will change. Well, listen, uh, Chris, I have to wrap it up. I've run out of time. Uh, I do get the point you're making. A lot of people are, are object to it. A lot of people don't object to it. But an awful lot of people believe this. the timing of this or putting this bill forward um, is really bad. Uh, mind you, this bill has been around for a while. Uh, T.D. John Halligan uh, pushed it forward initially or introduced the bill. And then Gino Kenny more recently, of course, has put it now before the doll. And it's look, I think everybody's right in relation to that. This is really bad timing. People have more important things. When I say more important things, more pressing issues going on in their lives at the moment. We have despair. We have uh, poverty on the way. We have the biggest recession probably we'll ever see in this country, which still hasn't really hit us yet, but is coming soon. 
Uh, we probably, some economists reckon we have an 80 billion debt in this country because of COVID-19. We also have Brexit looming, which is going to affect our economy. Uh, things are pretty much a mess at the moment and people are saying this is timing is dreadful in relation to this. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.